0: it's good that uh, we're starting our podcast today I, in a better mindset than I was last night when I was trying to update you about my trip That's to Atlanta. True. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I am terrified of flying. So my doctor gave me these wonderful little pills to pop only when I fly. And I literally only have to use them when I fly. But man, they <laughs> make me a loop, loop, loop afterwards. And then if I have a cocktail with it, which probably says not to. Oh,
1: My whole family was gathered around my phone last night watching <laughs> the videos coming in from Sunday. <laughs> and just having a grand old time
0: (laughs) this morning i was like oh what did i do last night that's how i felt (laughs) well i wanted to tell you something that was really funny that happened i went to atlanta to work with this great client that you know i love insure trust because they're really trying to develop culture it's a small company you can actually make change you know you know what i mean by that it's like it's hard in the big companies yeah and um there, there was. I was working with a group of managers. They're all in sales, and it was all about how to have more effective meetings. Which sounds dull, but whoa, it was not dull. It was, it was so much fun, and we had a lot to learn. But there was this one section that I talked about how to close because we were talking about bad closings.
1: Yeah, closing a, meeting. a meeting.
0: Yeah, like some people. they mostly it's because they've not managed their time well, so they run out of time, and so then they're like. Anyway. Uh, anyway, and people are already standing up, and you've never, you didn't say anything good, yeah. and nothing. Or what do they do? Oh, Christian was saying uh, sometimes I just say, "Any questions?" And then there's no questions, and it feels like, yeah,
1: you know, just in terms
0: <laughs> of energy. So I was talking about closing strong. I'm not going to go into what I taught. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving forward, I'm out of there. I say goodbye, and I am downstairs outside trying to get a Uber. And it's saying you cannot be connected. Like, there's no connection for you to find an Uber. And I thought, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've never really needed a connection before. I've been like outside on a street and you could get an Uber, right? <laughs> yeah. I, it was like, no, no connection. Not allowed. Not allowed. And I was like, kind of stressed. Not allowed. Now. I <laughs> like that your interpretation was
1: not allowed. <laughs> Uber is in a meeting right now. You're
0: not allowed. <laughs> and then I, was, then I went to Lyft. They didn't allow me either. Nothing. No one. I was like, I got to get to the airport. <laughs> no, I swear there's a reason. I feel like this is user error. No. Sunday. I know you feel know <laughs> that way. But I'm going to tell you that my phone was still connected to the Insure Trust Wi-Fi. And then I found out that they turned it off.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: Okay. So this is not even the point of the story. <laughs> I'm moving on. So then...
1: Oh, I have all this all like all this like
0: yeah. blah, happening, right? I go up the elevator again, try to stand by the stupid door, and I'm like trying to get some internet. Go downstairs, I try again, and finally I get an Uber that's uh-huh. gonna be here in nine minutes. Okay. Like, so then four of the insured trust people come out and they say, Hey, are you getting ready to leave? And I blurt, finally do them. Now, they have no context that I
1: just went through <laughs> all
0: of that. And they literally were like, like it looked like I was like so happy to leave them. Yeah. And so one of them said, oh, closing strong. Like they actually- <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it was so funny. We laughed That's so great. hard. And then I was like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean like finally leaving you. And then I told them and they said, actually, we turned off everything because we were having a little problem. And so see... Nice. But I just loved the misunderstanding that I gave them no context that yeah. I looked like like I was finally ready to leave them. It was great. <laughs> Laughed about that one for a while.
1: It's good knowing them too cuz they like to be kind of blunt and joke and uh I'm sure that even if you were saying finally I, to them they would they be they fine probably with it, they're like liked all right that. she's
0: done with us right. Yeah. Okay, so we did this last week we talked about a personality myth. So just for context, we love to talk about personalities. I mean, how constantly. Th- we do. We constantly think about it.
1: We should start a tally board for... <laughs>
0: for how many times it comes up? Because
1: it also bleeds into, sorry to our families, but yes. I know you guys are the same. At home, we're constantly talking about our sure. personality types.
0: And there's no one particular one. We're just analyzing people constantly. We're just judging. So <laughs> don't be
1: around us. Right? We
0: will add you to the board. Yeah. So actually, the funny thing is you just said judging. And I wanted to talk today about the personality myth of the J Jay. in the Myers-Briggs, which the is judges. The Judgers. The you Judgers. You, you actually set me up beautifully. <laughs> the Judgers. Yeah. And my myth is that people think that they are
1: walking around judging.
0: Right. They're judging. You know, for a high J over here. You're like, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not judging. I thought she was going to say for a high J, I am all the time. <laughs> 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 no, but
2: like actually, yeah, you should talk about that because I feel like I've actually learned what the judgment portion yeah. of it means. I and think it's, it's actually just been the so cultural helpful context yeah. of the word, of the
1: word judgment. Yeah. yeah. It's it means that you're like hating on people, and right. that's not what it means at in this all. context.
0: No. And so I really my myth blower really just is that they're not walking around judging. <laughs> that it means so much more than that, that they're really that they really love to Can I give Mm -hmm. some
1: of my interpretations and you tell me if I'm
0: wrong? Yeah, (laughs) sure.
1: Because I studied in different types than Myers-Briggs. So um, one thing I think it is, is there's a natural tendency to to want to jump to conclusions quickly. Mm -hmm. Is that true or false? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. That's
1: true? Okay. Also a need to like assign good or bad to things. Right. So, it's very hard for a J to be in a conversation and not conclude if this thing is good or bad. And it's so, true right. or false.
0: True feels, to an extent. Feels a little too personal, <laughs> does it? Because we have only one J sitting here. <laughs> this is feeling I was really about to give it motivation. Ready? You tell me <laughs> okay. if this helps. Because their motivation is to get things done and to decide things sometimes yep. they're thinking good bad jumping to conclusions because they're trying to get to the main thing which is decide things and get things done which is what they're driven by a lot which is
2: so funny because literally the <laughs> internal dialogue that i'm having right now is yes. like see and this is why jacqueline you're always bad cop <laughs> And that is that's, <laughs> <laughs>
1: right.
0: yeah. that is assigning judgment right? but you're only right. bad cop to you're the, assigning
1: judgment about assigning the judgment. other
0: Jays are like we love her yeah, we love her so much. Yeah, it's Yeah. so she guys, is decisive really, and she gets right. it done. We love that. That right. is good.
1: That right. is a good trait, right? <laughs> and That's the J right. is like, I am bad. I'm bad. Yeah, it is. a. Here's another example of where it's a good trait because I realized it took me, I don't know, it took me years to realize this that I, not being a J, um, would too often like. I was too uh what's the word I'm looking for? oblivious, not oblivious. Um, where you don't you don't judge people enough, and so you trust too easily and okay. you get in trouble as a mm-hmm. result oblivious what's Is the word gullible,
0: gullible. okay because
1: uh, i don't know something no, like that <laughs> i've had a number of situations in life where too trusting, you trusting either take advantage saying. of right, or right. get into a bad situation because too trusting right. and right. and now being married to a high Me J. You're like she's like don't trust i right? i look at her because i need her judge she's like yeah no no do not right. respond to that
0: right <laughs> Right. <laughs> So many areas that they're they're making often can see good judgment that we can't always see around yeah. time yeah. management, things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to do was just call that one out. So there we go. Well, I'm going to go ahead and move on to uh, really a shout out for one of our clients today. It was so much fun. I'm working with a Gen Z, which we're going to be talking about today. And she, her, her name's Emily, and she is really working on changing her whole life because her values are driving it. Because if you read, I mean, we talk about values all the time. Values are important. But our gen, my generation, millennials' generation, the value sometimes needs to be brought to them. What I've noticed more about the Gen Zs is that they're asking about values. Uh-huh. They're asking companies all the time in interviews, what do you value? What do you value? What do you value? Because their yeah. values mean so much to them. Uh-huh. So she is trying to change her life and has just had some really good breakthroughs around deciding what she needs to do with it around work because she's supporting, she's finally going to stop working so hard and supporting her values. So I'm just proud of the work that she's doing. We still have work to be done, but, uh-huh. but she's made her aha around needing to make that change. Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about this next topic. Um, it's actually going to be a series. So for those of you who are listening today and you might be like, what, you know, give me, give me more. It's just there's a lot to be discussed around different generations. And this generation is probably uh, people say that it was hard to lead millennials. Remember when there was all these jokes out there? <laughs> yeah. And it's even harder, they say, to lead Gen Z's. But I'm not going to actually pick on the Gen Zs today. Today is about understanding. I think we can't even begin doing anything new in life if we don't first start by understanding. So today's episode is about understanding Gen Zs. Mm -hmm. And you know why we picked this, right? Is because I have been asked over and over and over again, and we're developing actually a workshop on it. Because, um, well, right now, I just already mentioned Trust at the beginning of it, but one of the main motivating factors for hiring us was their leaders are just in their 30s. And the people that they're leading are Gen Zs. And they're like, how? They even millennials feel this, this like, how? Yeah. It's not so easy. How do I best manage someone who's a Gen Z?
1: And it might help to call out that I think what's what's been happening is you had a move towards like a changing workplace culture where mm-hmm. where the power is a little more back in the hands of the people. Hey, should we be working this much? Like, shouldn't we have more flexibility? Everyone wants more flexibility. Yada, yada, yada. And then COVID um amplified all of that mm. very quickly. Yes. So I think we just hear a lot about the trends and the impacts of COVID, but I don't know. A lot of people are saying, like, you no, know, there are a lot of things that were already trending a certain way, and COVID amplified and, and amplify, sped yeah. up the process. In
0: each generation.
1: Every generation. It's and so that
0: it, it's, we're, fo- we're focusing a lot on how it amplified. Right. Gen so Z's. you notice
1: how now, like workplace-wise, especially bigger companies, there's just a lot of instant change in expectations and demands it's like mm-hmm. uh i'm not going to work that much yeah. whereas before it was like why well, i i, I want to explore that now right. it's like no 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 i'm not gonna or i'm gonna it's it's it has to be mm-hmm. hybrid flexible mm-hmm. um and i think that's what's causing some of the immediate need for training on this mm-hmm. stuff because you have a lot of leaders going like so i pay people and they just decide not to show up like that's mm-hmm. It's different than before. It was like generational angst against each other. That's not how it was in my day. Now it's like, well, no really like what do we do? Right, what I, do we I've do? I've got like people who just aren't showing up to mm-hmm. work. So, I think some of those things are have mm-hmm. amplified like there's a need to figure out what to how to how to and what to. Yep.
0: Right. So today we're going to be talking this is going to be a three-part series that we're going to be doing over the next couple of months. And today's really just understanding Gen Zs. Then we're going to talk about highlighting what skills, what, what's amazing, what do they bring to the workplace? And then for the managers, what do they do? What do they do? So let's just start with understanding. I have a funny story though first. <clears throat> I have two Gen Zs in my family. So I have two millennials children, two Gen Z children. And I think actually Leah, who's 10, is the last, she's 2012, actually the last year Europe of a Gen, Gen Z. Z. Yeah. <laughs> she'll be she'll be yeah. one of those ones that like, tips potentially, you know how they say if they're uh-huh. ran out on the tip either way. So Cynthia, who I asked if I could tell the story, it's actually not even an embarrassing story, but I've asked her if I could talk about her on the podcast a few times in this section because she, she is, um, she is very Gen Z. <laughs> like, <laughs> and even as a parent, I've been a little like, what? Uh-huh. Like, huh? you not even know what to do about it. But one thing she said to me that I thought was interesting was in the world of dating. She said, dating feels super hard to me. She made this observation, by the way. So there's a difference between a parent saying, in my day, yeah, right. let me tell you the difference. She said to me, I think one of the main things that was better about your generation in the world of dating was that when you guys went on a date um, and maybe it hit its awkward moment, like mm-hmm. for, you had no other choice but to, to verbally push through the date no matter what. Uh-huh. We just pick up our phones. We pick up our phones, and we and we could we could actually ignore each other the rest of the day if we want <laughs> yeah. to, or we could look for things to talk about in our feed, or um, so much of that learning how to be resilient in communication was what she was trying to say. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I she's saying she lacks. I thought the well said, you know, very yeah. different uh-huh. yeah. push through there. So this generation, oh, first of all, I actually have to say where I got a lot of this knowledge from. This is not Sunday waking up going, I get it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or let me tell you <laughs> right. what Gen Z is like. <laughs> no,
0: I have been, you know, I have been reading articles. University of Richmond put out an article, um, Simon Sinek Rocks it. He's already on top of explaining it well. So it's a lot of it has been around articles and Simon Sinek's uh, thoughts, and then my own collection of thoughts around what I've learned. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. So they are less equipped to handle stress than other generations. Now, what's interesting is older generations might say, "No, no, no, no." Like, let's just say my grandparents who actually lived through World War II. Uh huh. I am not saying that they are more stressed. They are different stressed, but they are less equipped to deal with stress. It was um people I think for that very same reason that technology came into our lives which has made them less equipped. Yeah. to to actually deal with stress because what they do is they run from it. They can disappear into whatever land they want to disappear into whereas my grandparents generation just to be super extreme when the war was happening they found they clung to each other.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: talked about it. They 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 dealt with it that way. Yeah. So they're less equipped they, uh-huh. because, and also they have a, they have different stress, but they have high stress. They went through a pandemic. We all did, but a lot of them went through it during the college and went through it during maybe their high school years. And I'm sorry, that looked like it sucked. Mm-hmm. I would have hated, would you have hated your high school to end like that? Yeah. I mean, we were such social people mm-hmm. like it's So that affected them. Not, I'm not going down this path talking about it. But there, I did not grow up in a generation where there was shootings and fear of shootings everywhere. Their stress level is high. It's yeah. high because they feel fearful. They feel they feel fearful of things. And texting and technology has been a part of their life forever. Mm-hmm. So if we start there, I think the big thing that people need to do to understand Gen Zs is that it's not it's not their fault always for not knowing how to communicate. Mm-hmm. The world has given them a tool to communicate for them. So they have learned to lean on it and we've let them because what else do we do? They'll yell at us if we don't. Yeah. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying here?
1: Yeah. How much is parenting styles coming up in these different discussions and research?
0: They're saying what, what, what I'm mostly hearing is that the dealing with the communication gap is not being talked about in high school, not being talked about in college and so, therefore, is forced to be being talked about in the workplace. Not a lot of talk about it in the home. But do you know how it is when you're raising teenagers. Often, our voice is the voice that they don't want to hear.
1: Oh, I was thinking more about the i. Had, I hadn't heard this term until recently. Lawnmower parents. Okay. Because it was like helicopter was the last oh, big term. Oh, tell me, I
0: actually even heard that one. I hadn't
1: heard it either, uh, but it resonated when I looked at myself and friends. Lawnmower parent, like helicopter parents, was hovering in the trophies and all those isms, right? right? And then lawnmower parents a little different twist that it's like going ahead of them and mowing down any potential challenges they would have to deal with. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, that's totally what my mm. circles of parents, mm. including myself do. For sure. Is we try to mow down any potential obstacles. Game,
0: they might feel. And I just raped. wondered if that
1: was part of it because I yeah. haven't read the research. Like, okay, so obviously what would happen is we're, as human beings... Yeah, we learn and adapt to our. It's like if you've had twenty years mm-hmm. of not having to face like not the big obstacles, not COVID and no, shootings, just, the tiny daily it. things. Yeah, then of course you would lose a lot of the ability to deal with stress. So no, that's a really. To me, it, it seems like some of those parenting trends mm-hmm. play into it, but mm-hmm. I, I, can't state any like I can't state anything to it, it either.
0: But that makes a lot of. I mean, we we've certainly noticed it and. So if 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 when Simon Sinek was actually talking about how what they're lacking is the skills, the human skills is what he said. One of the human skills they're struggling with is resilience and they get mad at us for saying that they're less resilient. But some of the reasons that I'm hearing from this phrasing is they're less resilient because we keep removing so many of the things for them to become resilient over as well.
1: Yeah, it was interesting to me when resilience became the hot topic in the corporate world. It did. Because it was very quick shift from gratitude Uh And a couple others and like DEI and um, some of the different like equity and belonging issues were becoming really important. Yeah. But then out of nowhere, it seemed like resilience. Resilience. But I think it's the same thing. It Mm -hmm. was all of a sudden there was a like statistically significant amount of Gen Z's in Mm -hmm. like uh, not just starting their career, career, but really heavily Mm -hmm. in, in the workforce Mm -hmm. that, that gap became apparent very yeah, quickly.
0: There's a gap. It was an interesting point about the lawnmower, lawnmowing. I hadn't heard that one before. I'm going to bring us back to the a little bit more of the understanding of the individual uh-huh. and what they're experiencing. I think also what I'm trying to do here is give some examples of what they're experiencing and why it's playing out in the workplace. It, it's, it's hard for them. It's hard for the employee, but anything different, Joe, you actually said this is, sometimes can make us feel like, oh, that's bad. Mm. But so did my parents. Remember My parents My parents thought the electric guitar was straight from the devil.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: they were scared of it. And uh-huh. it was like the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know that. Yeah, though. We know that. So another example that I was thinking about is, you know, we hear about this. We talked about quiet quitting. But then the thing about Gen Zs is there's a lot of actually quitting, which is why people are asking us to work with them. But let's bring it back to the understanding piece. Mm-hmm. They have had technology, technology, technology. And I'm not saying technology as a bad thing. It is their life. It is true. And we both know that technology has changed so much great in our life. Yeah. But we've all had to adjust where it's been a struggle as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, they've been young trying to figure it out. So dealing with all that we deal with, breakups and communication in friend groups, and they also have this phone thing. Yeah. They have this yeah. like phone thing. So it's like mm-hmm. a, a different thing. An example that came to mind was how we hear about this ghosting thing that they do to each other. But what happens is, is they, and we're not talking like one or two dates here. This is what's happening is they'll go out for like six months. And what you'll hear is that they might ghost the person, literally stop communicating with someone that they've been like dating. Like think about that for six months because the communication piece is the piece that they're lacking. Uh So what, Simon Sinek was saying that really jumped out to me is that what they struggle with is how to get from here to here, like from point A to point B. If I'm feeling tension and feeling like this relationship is actually not good for me because I've been so dependent on communicating with my thumbs, mm-hmm. I or, or I, it's easier for me to just uh, ghost yeah. than it is to push through and have a continuum of a conversation. Around leaving that relationship,
1: sure, that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. Like it made me understand why they, why they ghost sometimes. So my point is, sometimes I'd be like, ah, they ghost. How rude! <laughs> now it's like I'm thinking about why they ghost. Yeah. Sometimes what they what they lack sometimes is the ability to talk that out. I mentor
2: uh, women in college, and they are you know between eighteen and like twenty two years old. So they are like either like 10 years younger than me or like 12 years younger than me. And I've noticed this a lot that I have had to work with them on pushing through on communication. They will say to me, Oh my gosh, I just want to ghost this person. I just want to cancel this person out of my life. And we've had to have a lot of conversations about like, okay, that's, it's, it's good that you understand that you feel that way. And you're feeling this tension. Like that's a great awareness but like how how would you feel or how have you felt when other people have done that to you and o- over and over that. again they're like oh my gosh no it feels awful but it's like this cultural thing i don't know, what else, I don't do know what else to do about it how do i um how how do i approach this and so we talk about like okay how do you have these hard conversations and it is just such an interesting i just think it's such an interesting point that you make that you know like when i was Early in college. Yeah. Like I had a cell phone and, you know, we had technology, but it was different. And so if that is all that they have to base off of, then, yeah, it would be hard to navigate these like difficult conversations or even in the workplace when you're trying to have a conversation with your manager who's 20 years older than you. It is a big I don't know. It's just a big cultural difference
0: I think. Yeah, I love that you bring that perspective. Jump in anytime too because I love that you are working with a group of girls. <laughs> yeah. A group of girls that are all yeah. in their Gen Zs and so yeah. so you're seeing that the push through of communication is also. It's a yes, struggle. It is it's constant
2: and I have to I have to back up And, like, remind myself to be empathetic. Because sometimes I get so frustrated. I'm like, I need you to freaking communicate. Like, you've got to tell me what's going on. But it's just it's not their nature. And I have to remember it's taken me all of my 20s to learn how to
0: communicate
2: and communicate well. And they're, like, just at the beginning of it. Plus all of these other, you know, pieces in it. So it's just interesting.
0: I think the aha that I had around this was removing the judgment of them in it because I think what happens to older generations is we think we're like communicate. We think you idiot. Why wouldn't you know how to do that? But the point is they're saying to us, if you would just listen to what we've experienced and how we have been communicating, you would actually see that there is a gap and we're just telling them to figure it out. We're just telling them to know how to do it. Yeah. So that one's one. Another thing that jumped out at me when I was researching was, how the world has shifted in terms of, this is really interesting because you know how we talk about purpose at work all the time, right? We've had more people talk about purpose at work than ever before. It really like sprouted up a lot over the pandemic. But how we, um, how we grew up, even, even millennials in, in some ways, uh, was that we got a lot of our purpose out of church. So whether or not you were a believer or not, there was a larger percentage of people going to church. So, people used to say, My purpose, even if they didn't even have faith, they used to just go to church because their parents told them to go to church. So, they were gaining some sort of like that was, and that's just one example. The point is, there was more purpose. There was also purpose in the way they gathered. People used to join more more clubs, they used to join more like uh, events. Even um, they used to have bowling leagues. Like, those are not alive anymore. Or are (laughs) are they? Are they? There's a question. There's some, maybe, There's there, some. Maybe, maybe they're making a rise, right? right? Joe, are you in one? the way might need to uh, the be. Way, Even hanging out at the mall. Like mm. it used to be, we had a community of people that we would meet and we wouldn't have anything to do, to, but we would just go meet at the mall. So those things have become less, oh, and also we hang with our neighbors. We know our neighbors. We barbecue with our neighbors. Now it's become such, oh, sorry, I just hit myself in the face with the mic. <laughs> <laughs> we have become such um, insulated you know, our world is our world, that there is less people going to church. There is less people gathering in clubs. Uh, There is, I don't know anyone who bowls in a bowling league. And also some people don't even know their neighbors now. So community is changed. So we hear all the time that people are looking for community, don't don't we? Uh Even my own son, the other Gen Z, is like, where the heck is community and how to find it? It's just so difficult. It's just so difficult for them. So recognizing that that shift was already happening and then the pandemic on top of it. Mm -hmm. So now this is what I'm seeing. When young people now are going into looking for their jobs, they are going into it with a gusto because they want their job to solve for money, friendship, community, a hobby. And now more than even that, they're putting so much pressure on it because that's the one place to go to do that maybe might fix all of those things. Yeah, Work is going, perhaps I might
2: just be jumping to conclusions here. It's like work is going to become like the the social club that they had yeah. imagined. Not, not in is. the sense that like yeah. they're not going to work when they're there, but they're envisioning it as like the one-stop shop yeah. and then they like go home for the day right. and then that's, you know. So, their, so um, what's happening it's really is there's, there's
0: a dissatisfaction constantly because work can't always live up to all of all of those things, right? As they're looking for, it. and remember, I, I, um, I work closely at the University of Richmond, just like you do with students, and they're saying we don't want to work for a company that is a hundred percent remote. Because it's not filling that need. Now, they also don't want 100% in the office. (laughs) Hybrid is definitely (laughs) their love, but they are longing for it because they're looking for more. They're looking for more than in their lives. And so that purpose piece comes a little bit, it it weighs heavy on them because their values, they want to bring all of their values into work. And they want to know, does work support support my values too?
2: I think the thing that I am most like... by with the young women that I work with is, like, they are so passionate.
0: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean,
2: the drive, the loyalty, I mean, they would do anything yes. for each other. And yep. I don't know that, like, I know I'm kind of on the, uh, the middle to back end of millennials, and I don't know that, like, we shared that same... Uh, They're uh I don't even want to say camaraderie. I don't even know what the word is, but they are so fierce yep. for each other and they like are. fierce for <laughs> me. Like, like they're they can like,
0: defend you. Oh totally. Uh-huh.
2: Like if they love you, yeah. they love you. If they hate you, they hate they you. Hate you. And it's not even like a, you know, extreme type mentality. It's more just like the amount of energy they put into what they care about Mm -hmm. is really astounding. Mm -hmm. But it's also scary because if they don't care about something, there's no energy Mm -hmm. to put towards it. And it's like how, you know, it's like learning, okay, Mm -hmm. how do we then – Deal with the things that we don't want to mm-hmm. do in life naturally that come up. And I mean, I think we probably all have. We all do. We all have things like right. that where it's like, oh my gosh, how do I do the things that I don't want but to do? But we may do? have potentially
0: been given more direction <laughs> yes. on the skills on how on how to cope. To, yeah, how to it. cope with it. And the yeah, coping, exactly. Is, it's so funny. I yeah. actually love the podcast Smart list. Do you guys mm, do you listen to Smartlist now? No. List no? no. Oh my gosh, <laughs> do you by any chance? Mm hmm. <laughs> Who hosts it? Um well hold on a second. So so it is it's funny. I'm drawing of like, hold on, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. So oh. they have this amazing podcast that oh, they I
1: have heard of it. Okay, yeah. It's so
0: good. They started it during the pandemic, like in the living room, in their individual living rooms. And I promise I'm getting somewhere with what you mm-hmm. actually said. Um and they did it. Actually, Seth is honest about it that he was really going through, really depressed. He was very depressed, and so they're all really good friends. And so Will and Jason were like, "Let's let's get let's do something." So they started this podcast that now is like taken off. Now they do like road shows. It's huge. They have huge. This is where I'm going. They had freaking President Biden on their podcast. I'm sorry. Could That's we try crazy. to get him on ours? I mean, <laughs> I, like, like that is a really big deal. Yeah. To get him on their podcast, so. When President Biden was on, he was talking about this generation too, and he called them the activists, mm. and he said that they are the most passionate, loyal. He said generation, they will fight for what they believe, and I love that he he said that because they will. The extreme parts of it are the parts that the workplace is struggling with. Yeah. That's where where it's it's like it's great. They you know. Simon was saying, it's great if they fight for justice and um, racism and all these things. However, they also feel that same passion when they're like, I've been here for 30 days and I deserve a 50% raise. They feel these extreme feelings. So this is the other thing that really stood out to me was they are afraid to push through communication-wise to get from A to B. However, they're not afraid to have an extreme loud voice Yes. So that's what throws people off, is they'll go from, in their mind, thinking, nobody likes me here, nobody likes me here, this manager hate me, I deserve more money, all these things going, whatever's going through their mind, or my manager just doesn't like me, sometimes even that, to going past the manager, three levels up, walking into the office and saying, do you know, you guys don't even like me, and I quit. I'm being extreme in my example. No, and I, that the exam- one I
1: saw the other day was more than that. She went online And tried to cancel the whole company and started a viral campaign online. But I do think it's what you're describing is absolutely 100% result of social media side of tech. Like, because that's how how the communication goes versus a world where it was all in person and it was the pushing through thing.
0: Yeah. And what we're hearing from the managers is they're like, I really liked them. They didn't actually have to do that. And we would have actually given them a raise. We would have shown them a path to get a, to get a raise. Uh-huh. But they were, they were afraid of the confrontation because they didn't know how to do it. And so because of that, they did an extreme blurt somewhere else or quit or left. And so that's what our managers are dealing with. They also really want their managers to be their therapists. They want to talk about their feelings, but they also don't want to be con- con- confrontational. Can you see the difference?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I feel all this stuff big time. Part of why I'm sitting here so quiet is I. now I'm in a weird position where I experience being like the leader, but also with all of my being, believing in what Gen Z is bringing to the world. Like, Me too. The power back into the people's hands, workplace more about like good, positive culture and people's potential, mm-hmm. but it just... Is so hard as a leader that the way people live that out is often like, well, I'm not showing up to work, right? Or what this client we were working with the other the other day? They're coming in at ten and leaving at three, but they get right. paid a salary and benefits. It's like, right? And so part of me is always like, because but it that's wasn't so aligning with her values. Things weren't right. balanced before. Like, right. <laughs> right. We worked too much, yep. and I don't think that's good for us as I people. Agree. But the way it swings so extreme is like Yeah, well you can't now I've experienced like you can't run a company when people don't show up. It's like
0: how do you do it's it? It's just
1: actually not physically right with the numbers possible. So yep. like that tension is real and I, mm-hmm. I Yeah, I don't know what to make of it all Mm -hmm. yet because it it does feel like some Mm -hmm. extremes have come into the picture. And they're like, but they're good movements, I think, at the heart of it. I agree. I agree that
0: it's just what do we do about it? What do we do about it? So that's really just, uh, did I make sense in terms of the trying to understand? I was really, Mm. this piece of research made me go in deeper and have more empathy and compassion over what it is that they're actually experiencing even though I might be like, "Why did you bring that to work? Why did you bring that emotion to work?" You know, but I'm understanding that the human skills around confrontation, communication uh, have really been underdeveloped in this particular generation due to technology and a lot of isolation
1: and it's interesting. I mean, you've kind of been saying this without saying it, but there is a Gen Z has so much more confidence though too Mm -hmm. and so sometimes that comes out in the extremes Ah, the other day at the gym and it was funny because it's like the brother of my babysitter I'll run into him and his friends a lot and they're squarely Gen Z and multiple times some of his friends just like you know how you're walking down the hall and you're kind of on the right and they're on on the left side and you kind of both like make room to pass each other yeah well multiple times these these guys have like just ran into me like just shoulder right in and and then also said things like the way I would never would have talked to someone older than me right and we'll joke about it later with them because they're like man that was bold and it's actually like again I think a good side of it is this confidence that's man we did not have that confidence but Mm -hmm. then of course, maybe sometimes the extreme side of it—that's too much.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask. Um, you know, th- that's really what I arrived at. But I just did want to close with like Joe and Jacqueline. Did you have? Did I miss any other things that you've just kind of noticed in un- in the understanding piece?
2: I think you did a really good job of sharing it. I think I think the thing that I'm taking away, and this is no new news, but truly I think like each generation has their own way that they show up in the world and mm-hmm. when you started the conversation with remember when like people were like dogging on millennials I was like yeah they were because when I like started working it was like what do we do oh. with the millennials and I was like we're just like everybody else you <laughs> know? I know now I'm like now all <laughs> these like older generations like love me and respect me right like so it's just like but understanding just doing
0: things a little different
2: doing showing up a little yeah. different doing yeah. things a little different you know there's no like good or bad it's yeah. just different and I think mm-hmm. we have to work to understand how to serve this group well
1: yeah Yeah. my one other thought in the understanding bucket is think about how much more information and awareness they were exposed to than the older generations and so of course that creates more passion for causes yep. more like demands of the workplace more confidence because you have you know from birth been exposed to every event that happens in the world every day all the time
0: everything we didn't it, know anything yeah. unless our parents told us yeah and yeah. so
1: there's that is a huge mm-hmm.
0: that's a in that's a good thing to remember well. in the and yeah in the understanding so In researching this, which I still believe I have so much more to do, I'm just, I was just unpeeling it, is to remember to start with where I began, which was to lean into empathy. If we lean into empathy, we are more compassionate and understanding, which makes us know how to take the steps to work with people who think or do things just different than us. So. I've obviously just started to unpack researching this and there's just so much more to go. So I'm sure we have listeners who are managing Gen Z's and working with Gen Z's. And hopefully this was helpful to you to just think about a little bit more of leading from empathy with where they come from. But we also have listeners who are, I hope some Gen Z's are listening. And what I, I hope that it maybe helped you to understand or to see my process in trying to understand. And that helped you a little bit more as well empathy on both ends. But Gen Z's, if I missed anything in the understanding piece, we'd love to hear from you too. I'd love email us, email us and let us know if there's any other thoughts around the understanding that we missed.